The Israel Report with Rolene Marks. Let me begin by reading this out to you. And according to the Washington Post, the United States and several Arab partners are preparing a detailed plan for a comprehensive peace deal between Israel and the Palestinians that includes a firm timeline for a Palestinian state. And it adds that the announcement could come in the next few weeks. Well, this is what we're going to be chatting about. First of all, joining us on the line from Israel, our correspondent, Rolin Marx. Rolin, good afternoon. Thanks for joining us once again. Good afternoon. Always good to be with you, Michael. No, great to be with you also, Rolin. So there we have it, uh, the story doing the rounds. Uh, the U.S. and several Arab partners now are going, so they preparing this detailed plan. Uh, what's prompted this? Why? Well, what, what's, uh, what's brought this about? And apparently this is going to happen in the next couple of weeks. Well, we have had murmurings that mm. uh, we will see countries like the United Kingdom, the United States, uh, put forward or declare a, a Palestinian state, but it's not going to go down well with Israelis or Palestinians because what has held up a Palestinian state over decades is reluctance on both sides to accept certain conditions. I mean, we've already heard from the more right-wing elements of our government to say absolutely uh, no. And I don't think Israelis or Palestinians will agree to anything enforced on them. So uh, while we understand that uh, countries and the, the and Arab nations might be, uh, have grown tired of the constant conflict and uh, we are fighting a, a war to end all wars with Hamas at the moment, you can't force mm. anything on both people. The whole crux of this conflict is it has to be decided amongst ourselves. We don't want to live together we have to find the most amicable way to divorce, and you and you can't force that divorce settlement uh, on either party, uh, because uh, one or both, probably both, uh, will be forced into situations that. Um, we don't want, and I think that will just open up more conflict. With uh, elections happening this year in the United States, uh, chatting to an analyst earlier on, uh, Rolene, it seems as if you know, there's, there's politics at play, uh, and politics in their interests, and of course now these Arab partners' interests are coming together to want to impose their, shall we say, will on Israel and the whole situation. Well, absolutely. I mean, we also can't forget that this is an election year in the United States. So we are definitely hearing the the rhetoric from President Biden starting to uh, ensure that he doesn't lose his Muslim support base, who are not happy with his resolute support of, of the state of Israel. Mm. But, uh, you know, you, you have to ask him what what are you willing to sacrifice your most important ally in the region whose allyship is is uh, provides very very important counter terror uh, obligations and support mm. for the united states or a, a, a section of your constituency you know a difficult quandary for the president to be in but uh, th this is where we are at the moment Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, we are seeing the ramifications of politicians playing towards their their support base. What they might um, opine to Israel in, in private may not match what they are saying in, in public, but it does have definite ramifications. 
Speaking of uh, politics, Rolene, has there been any reaction forthcoming from uh, the Israeli government and the public? Uh, looking at them both, what have you seen? What have you picked up today regarding this? Well, it was only announced today, but from people that I've spoken to, mm. Nisha, they're like, they, they thought it was almost comical because, as right. I've uh, just said, nobody's going to react favorably to that. Uh, and we've heard from Itamar Ben-Gavir, who, of course, is first out the block whenever it comes <laughs> okay. to, to these kind of things, right. saying that uh, no way that he's in government will this ever be accepted. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's uh, the only reaction we've had so far. But certainly, as you said, one can imagine the Israeli it's public. It's not going to go down. Yeah, Israeli public not exactly identifying with this. Rolin, at the same time, also today, we had this Gazan journalist saying Hamas uses civilians as human shields. He should be hauled before the ICJ, <laughs> if I can put it that way. Well, this is. Mm. Well, this is very, very important because mm. this is something that we have been talking about, not just in this war, but in, in operations uh, before that, that uh, Hamas's whole strategy, and it's a strategy that, that literally cons the Western media, many around the world who buy into this, who are so gullible that they, they don't see it for what it is. But uh, Hamas used their civilians as human shields. Uh, we, we, we've seen how embedded they are within hospitals, the tunnel systems, the fact that they are quite brazen about going onto the media and saying, hey, we prepared to sacrifice millions of our, of our civilians. And now, as the IDF move forward and are taking out those battalions, I think we've destroyed 18 out of 24 Hamas battalions. Uh, we are starting to hear from people inside the Gaza Strip who for the first time might be feeling empowered or, or that they won't face retribution by Hamas members to say, this is the situation for us. Mm -hmm. We are used as human shields. And in this case, you have a journalist who has said, Hamas have used my family and my neighbors, hundreds of us, as human shields for decades. And I'm sure there's other journalists on the ground there who would concur with this journalist. There are many who would concur with this, uh, with this journalist. In fact, on the subject of journalists, after Operation uh, Protective Edge in 2014, some of the Western journalists who were reporting from inside the Gaza Strip, and uh, once they were safely out, spoke about how rockets were launched very close to where they were uh, filming from, where they were reporting from, putting their lives in danger, mm -hmm. and how they were threatened by Hamas members who wanted to see and hear exactly what they were reporting on the ground and if not they would pay a very very heavy price most likely with their lives yeah. and we heard from several um members of the media saying this is uh, the, the this is what we have had to deal with uh, these kind of threats by hamas Rolene, it is our last uh, afternoon overdrive uh, of the week, and I thought at this point in time, let's now, we've dealt with the politics and the conflict and the war that's happening at the moment, and the, shall we say, the sorrow and the pain being experienced at the moment. Let's finish off on a feel-good note. More than 400 stars include Israel in Eurovision Song Contest. Well, this is just absolutely beautiful to see. These are stars like Helen Mirren, Liev Schreiber, Jenna Juwan, Mayim Bialik, Jean Simmons, and so many who have signed this uh, uh, letter saying, you know, uh, 
basically appealing to Eurovision not to ban Israel from Eurovision countries like Ireland, shocker. Finland, Strange, Iceland, yeah. and Sweden mm -hmm. wanted uh, to ban the Israeli contestant. Uh, and uh, needless to say, I mean, we didn't hear from Roger Waters, but they wrote this letter saying, you know, the, all it does is it foments anti Semitism, it creates further division, and don't forget why Israel is at, at, at war in the first place. And Eurovision announcing today that they will absolutely not be banning Israel from Eurovision. But uh, I know we are ending on a, on a light note, but it lends mm. to something very, very sinister and serious that is happening at the moment. And that is the forcing out of uh, Jews and Israelis from public spaces. We see it on university campuses, in uh, uh, legal organizations, in medical schools. Uh, on campuses, and uh, it's it's a very, very worrying trend. Indeed, Rowling, and we certainly hope that uh, security measures will be put in place during this Eurovision uh, Song Contest. Uh, have, they, have they mentioned that uh, such measures will be taken to ensure that uh, there won't be any encroachment on, on the contest itself regarding uh, anti-Israel protests, etc.? They haven't said anything as yet. I mean, mm. look, I think that uh, you have to be living on another planet if you don't think that there will be anti-Israel mm. protests. Right. We've seen those protests uh, as recent as Mardi Gras in New Orleans, the disrupting of, uh, of marches with anti-Israel uh, protests. We see it uh, on every conceivable occasion. Sorry, we just have some uh, red alerts coming in from the north. Okay. Uh, another wow. barrage of rockets uh, today. Uh, but I, I think it's a given and the onus is going to be on Eurovision to mm. ensure the safety of not just the Israeli contestant but all contestants Rolin, Shabbat Shalom for tomorrow we have to leave it at that thank you so much for joining us today and for the rest of the week and look forward to our chat next week Monday our correspondent Rolin Marks chatting to us from Israel as to what is transpiring in Israel today